This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call an 888 money pit. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Here to help you take on your DIY dilemmas, the projects you'd like to get done, the projects you're planning, and you need help solving a problem. You got something on tap for the warmer weather ahead. All great topics for us to talk about. There's a couple of ways to get in touch with us with those questions. You can call us at 888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. If you do, uh, you will get a voice system where you can leave your name and your number and your question. We'll call you back the next time we're in the studio. Or you can post your questions to moneypit.com. Coming up on today's show, picking the perfect paint color is a really good way to brighten up any room. But did you know that some paint colors actually have been shown to be able to brighten your mood as well? We're going to have some tips on the best paint colors to spark both a better outlook and a brighter space. And if you're lucky enough to have either steam or hot water heat, you know that radiators can be nice and comfy during the cold months. But if the air gets stuck in that system, those radiators will end up being as cold as ice. And then steam radiators can bang and they cause quite a bit of a racket. Now, the fixes for both are pretty simple. So we're going to share some tips for fine-tuning hydronic heat in just a bit. And wood floors are beautiful, but they're not always the best choice in damp locations like bathrooms or laundry rooms or basements. We're going to have an overview of what will work coming up. But before we do all that, this show is mostly about you. We want to help you take on your next home improvement project. So if you've got a DIY dilemma, a decor project, or you're dreaming of the warmer days ahead and you want to start planning an outdoor living project, we can help. And hey guys, we're giving away one of my favorite products on this show. I've used it a lot. It is the Arrow GT300 glue gun. We've got one to give away. It's worth 49 bucks. Going out to one listener drawn at random. So call us right now with your home improvement question at 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974, or post those questions to moneypit.com. Kayla in Iowa, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Just got married and moved into a new home. And it already had a Honeywell whole home humidifier installed in it. And um, it seemed like a dream come true. I thought it was going to be amazing. But um, we have 100 amp service. And every now and then our breaker will trip. And um, I, you don't even know downstairs unless you're down there. And um, I've gone down a couple times and... It was, the basement is flooded, and it floods, like, um, over into the other room, like, into the, where I eventually want to lay carpet and have, like, a family room. Is that because the dehumidifier uh, condensate pump stops working? I'm not sure what it is. There's, like, an overfill um, thing for it, and I'm assuming it's supposed to lead to a drain, but the drain is in, um, 
the laundry room, which is in the opposite direction. Okay, so when everything is working correctly, this dehumidifier is going to take moisture out of the air, drop it into a reservoir, which you either have to empty or it will pump out somewhere. Usually, if it's got a condensate pump associated with it, it could pump up sort of against gravity, and there's a clear plastic tube that goes out and leads to a drain somewhere or even outside the house. If you have a power failure, you know, it's not going to work. Um, and it might um, actually start to leak maybe back into that room where you are. Of course, the dehumidifier is not working at that time, so it's not going to leak for long, but I could see how it could create a bit of a puddle. So your problem is not so much with a dehumidifier, but why you're having a problem uh, popping these breakers. Now, the 100 amp service is, uh, service is actually a pretty darn good service, and it, it frequently doesn't get the respect it deserves. When these breakers pop, it's not usually because you're pulling more than 100 amps. It's because whatever circuit you have this particular dehumidifier on is uh, needs to be improved, perhaps by adding an additional circuit. But the service for the house should be fine. Okay. Um, it does have a clear hose that leads outside. That's what's going on. When your power goes out, the pump stops working, and that's why it's leaking. Okay? So focus on getting uh, this plugged into a circuit that is a little bit bigger than what you have right now. An electrician could, could help you sort this out, but it's not a big deal to add an additional circuit just for that device. All right. Sounds good. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. David in Arkansas, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? I have a native stone-faced fireplace, uh, I guess with a, with a uh, cinder block core, and uh, it's Thankfully, on the outside of the house, however, the roof line continues so that it covers our carport. And if it rains um, oh, substantially, after a bit, it begins to get little ripplets of water that drain on the outside of the stone, you know, into the carport. So uh, it's a bit puzzling. We've uh, we tried to reface the uh, the flashing, you know, we're just black tar and that sort of thing, but uh, still seems to leak a bit, uh, you know, when there's substantial rain. So the uh, I'm having trouble con- uh, imagining the layout here, but is this a situation where you have water from the roof that's running down towards the chimney? Yes. And does the chimney have a cricket? Do you know what a cricket is? It's like sort of a peaked piece of flashing that diverts the water around it? It, it does have a flashing that, that runs around it. That's correct. Okay. Well, a cricket is not just the flashing. A chimney cricket is like um, a modification of the roof plane where it pitches upwards so that the water doesn't actually strike the back of the chimney. It goes around the chimney. Oh, no, no. It's a consistent roof line uh, sloping downward. So one thing that you could do is you could put a piece of flashing on the roof to intercept the runoff from the roof that's heading towards the chimney and sort of divert it around it. And that kind of like sort of sort of diverter move will reduce the volume of water that's striking the chimney, and that can help re- minimize the problem. Now, in terms of the flashing repair itself, you mentioned tar. It's probably the worst thing you could put on a chimney, and I know that folks do it all the time. But the right way to do it if you have a flashing leak is to replace the flashing. And flashing is always installed in two pieces. You have a base flashing that goes under the roof shingles and against the chimney. And you have a counter flashing that goes in the the chimney mortar joints and then down on top of the base flashing. And it's done that way so it can expand and contract uh, with the movement because the chimney is going to move differently than the roof. The tar might give you a temporary seal, but eventually it's just going to crack. So I would recommend you install a diverter, try to move some of the water around the chimney, and if it continues, do a better job repairing the flashing in the chimney because it shouldn't happen. Okay, will do. I 
appreciate it so much. Enjoy your show. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate your call, David. Ruth in Michigan has got a window question. What can we do for you? My windows um, fogged up, and they had condensation on them, on the centers of them, as well as when it was really cold two years ago, I actually had frost on the inside of the window. And I, I didn't know what's wrong with the windows. What do we need to do with them? They were... Uh, put in new about 25 years ago. Okay. So that that could be the problem, the age factor. So now when you say you see frost and condensation, is that on the interior side or are you sort of seeing it in between the two panes of glass? On the interior. Okay. So generally what's happening is that the thermal seal, the gas that's in between those two panes of glass that regulates that temperature difference, Mm -hmm. when you're starting to see condensation or when you see freezing on the interior, that means that the gas that was in between those two panes isn't there anymore so you're not getting that thermal you know space in there to block that heat or the coolness transfer and that can happen because there's a seal within the windows um, that eventually will fail you know it's not guaranteed to fail but a window that's 25 years old it's a good chance that that's no longer functioning for you and i think at this point that's not something that's really worth repairing you know or you should look into a replacement window for that, which, you know, could be super affordable. You can find some great prices out there. And then you'll be able to get one that's truly thermal pain and help you with all of your, you know, cool transferring situations. Okay. Uh, So I may have to replace my windows is what you're saying rather than try to repair them. Well, that's right. Once the window seal fails, it's not repairable. Now, generally, it doesn't result in a huge energy loss. Uh, it's mostly inconvenient because, as you've learned, they'll condense and fog. But if you want it to go away, you have to replace the windows. It's not repairable. Okay, but it, it, you're saying it doesn't necessarily reduce the insulation factor, huh? It does to a certain extent. It's certainly not as efficient as a new window, but are you going to get a return on investment by replacing that window that's going to equal the amount of energy you saved? Probably not, or not, certainly not for a long time. Okay, that's what I was wondering about that, too. Okay, that's been very helpful. I wasn't sure what was wrong, and I was wondering whether replacements would be the best option or not. Well, now you know. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than a 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's AirDoctorPro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. 
Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Hey, no matter when you listen to the Money Pit or how you listen to the Money Pit, you can always get in on our fun giveaways. And this one is sure to make you want to stick around. We've got up for grabs the Arrow GT300 glue gun. It is an awesome glue gun. Super high temp, really heavy duty, durable for DIY and pro projects. It heats up really fast. It has a drip resistant nozzle, which is very helpful if you are a messy DIYer or just happen to accidentally burn yourself on occasion. It's really great. It's got an adjustment knob so you can control the glue. You're not wasting glue. It feels good in your hand so you're not getting that hand cramp from using the glue gun for too long. And the nose design really helps you get to those hard-to-reach corners or even if you need a little bit of an extra reach if you're in sort of a tight work area. It's a really great glue gun. We love it. It's perfect for all kinds of projects. It's worth 49 bucks, but it's going out to one lucky listener this hour. Make that you. Call us right now with your home improvement, your repair, your decor questions at one eight 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 Money Pit. Kirk in North Dakota is on the line with a lighting question. What's going on? So I got a quick question on fluorescent lights. You know, a lot of your uh, lights are, of course, rated. You know, sixty watts, etc. So my question kind of came in the fact that on the fluorescent bulb it says this is equal to a sixty watt bulb, but sometimes it's just not enough light. So what happens? Or are you allowed? put a bigger bulb wattage because since fluorescents are supposed to be taking less electricity, can a guy put a bigger bulb in there in a fluorescence that says equals to 100 watts because it's still drawing less electricity? So I think what you're talking about here is compact fluorescence, Kirk. Right. So the wattage limitations on fixtures is based on a calculation that involves incandescent bulbs, and it's because of the equates to heat. You know, a 100-watt bulb is going to 
uh, emit a certain amount of heat, and uh, if the fixture's rated to take that heat, that's that's what it's rated for, and you can't put more than that. When it comes to fluorescence, you're only using a quarter of the energy. So a 15-watt bulb would deliver you, deliver the same equivalent of 60 watts of light. You can't have a bulb that delivers the equivalent of a bigger watt bulb, but you're still not actually putting that amount of electricity into it. Does that make sense? Right. So you could actually, like you say, if it's a third, if it's rated for a 60-watt incandescent bulb, you could virtually say if there was a 150-watt bulb in a fluorescent, you should be able to put that in there and not cause an overload and get more light out of that same fixture. Yeah, I probably wouldn't double it. <laughs> but I might, if it calls for a 60, I might go up to 100 because then you're moving from saying 15 watts to 25. But I have a better suggestion. Forget the compact fluorescents. They are an outdated technology. The LED bulbs it's, are where it's at today. They, they deliver a much better quality light with uh, just the same, if not more, savings. But you know, that was the whole issue is sometimes you just don't get enough light out of some of those fixtures. Right. And I think that if, right, and also they're very temperature sensitive if it's a cold area. like Well, and then they're color sensitive as well. You know, when you get a CFL, you have to pick what color temperature you want that bulb to feel, and they can all feel extremely different. So you might pick something that gives a cold, harsh light, and you want something warmer. So there's a lot of experimenting with what type of fluorescent bulb you're going to get. We'll have to try some different things, but I was just worried about the wattage and making sure I didn't overheat the uh, original fixture. No, you're smart. You're smart to be concerned, but I I take a look at the LEDs and I think once you start trying them, you'll be you'll be disposing of those CFLs. Well, thank you very much for taking my call. I appreciate it. Well, this is the time of year that really drags on for a lot of people. The holidays are over. Winter's dragging on. Spring seems like it's nowhere in sight. Plus, add in COVID. Everybody is just losing their mind, but we're waiting for that warmer weather. It's going to show up. So one project that's definitely going to perk your mood and brighten your space is painting, because it turns out that a lot of colors can do both. For example, orange. It creates a warm and inviting environment. You can choose a soft shade with sort of a pink or yellow undertone, and that can really liven up a space. And that might be perfect for like a foyer or a powder room. I think you need to think about what kind of space gets the right light for that color. Blue, it's a beautiful color. Do not be afraid to go dark with blue. I mean, it's a good idea when you're picking a blue tone to paint a very large swatch on the wall in the room. Check it out. Look at it in different lights, different times of day, the lights that you turn on, the natural light, all of it. I mean, it's really an extra step that's worth it because you don't want to get through the work of painting that space to just be like, well, I don't think I like it. Now, another color is yellow. Super happy. But if you go too light in a room with a lot of natural light, you're going to lose that whole yellow tone. So don't be afraid to go for a deeper orange shade, something that maybe even feels a little bit more, you know, leaning towards orange, like a marigold. Yellow is gorgeous. And if you find the right tone, it can really make a space look fantastic. I love that idea to paint a big swatch on the wall. That's really smart because, as you say, that color changes over time. And it's so hard to try to figure out what the color is truly going to look like in your house when you're just looking at a small paint card sample. You know, whether you're in a store, whether you're outside. I remember last time we painted a room in the house. I was in a Sherwin store, and I pulled out some whites. And, you know, whites, there's like, oh, my God, there's like... 30 different, 40 different cards worth of whites. And it took them out in the parking lot and looked at them in the shade, looked at them in the sun. It was just really hard to tell. So the idea of just painting it on the wall, buying a small can, especially if it's a big paint job that you're doing, is just really a smart way to go. Mary in Massachusetts is on the line with an appliance that's acting up. What's going on, Mary? The bottom fills up with water, and I mean probably an inch or two. But 
like, say we run the dishwasher at night. Like, I got up this morning at 7. There wasn't anything on the bottom of the dishwasher. And about an hour later, it was filled. And it's been doing that. And we don't understand what's going on. We've had the hoses checked, to, you know, make sure they're not bent or anything. or But we can't figure it out. Okay, so have you cleaned out the bottom of the dishwasher? Sometimes the drain gets clogged. That's the easy fix right there. Oh, yeah, we've done that. <laughs> so you have no food particles there? No. So there must be an obstruction somewhere that's causing it. There's an obstruction somewhere in the line that's causing the water and the plumbing in that part of the house to back up. And it's just evidencing itself in the dishwasher. Have you checked the connection to your garbage disposal? Well, I don't have a garbage disposal. You don't. So it drains where? Does it drain into the trap under the sink, or where does it drain? Right, into the trap under the sink. Yeah, I think you're backing some water up there. It's going back up the hose and into the dishwasher. All right, then I'm going to have somebody come over. We did have someone come over. I don't think he's... Um, he, he honestly couldn't figure it out. He, you know, checked the hoses and make sure they weren't bent or anything. And he stayed for a while, and... Um, yeah, and it happened again. The, the water started coming in after he ran it. So if, if you're running it and it's not draining, then there's a different set of causes for that. It's either a drain pump or the drain impeller or there's a solenoid kit that has to do with removing the water. But if you're telling me this water is showing up when you're not running the dishwasher, then I think it must be backing up through the plumbing system. Okay, Mary? So I think that's a good approach. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Now, Tom, you're about to get a really big project started at your money pit, right? Oh, absolutely. We're actually removing and replacing, upgrading our entire heating system. That's a big project. It is a big project. And I thought, well, why not wait till the coldest days of the year to do just that, right? <laughs> Don't be a sissy. Don't do it in the summer. <laughs> really put it to the test right away. No, wait for, until it's below freezing. So that's what we're doing. And you know what? I, I wanted to share that I got three prices for this heating system. One was from a contractor who been working with us and servicing our systems for a long, long time. And he came in at over $14,000, which I thought was outrageous. And I was really shocked. So I turned to my friends at HomeAdvisor. I got two uh, references from HomeAdvisor, two contractors right away. And they both came in within 500 bucks of each other. And they both came in at about half or less than half of what the guy who I'd been working with for the last five years was going to charge me. So just shows you again that when you turn to Home Advisor, you get good quality pros at a good price. And these guys were both sharp enough to point out to me that I had $1,300 in rebates I was going to get as well off the price they had given me. Wow. Because we're going with a high-efficiency combi boiler, this is going to replace the big boiler, the big water heater with one unit. And these new boilers are so small, Leslie, I was looking at the space at the the size of it because I have to put a piece of wood up on the wall to support it. 
18 inches wide by 28 inches tall. It's like the size of a kitchen cabinet. That's it? A wall cabinet, for that matter. Wow, that is amazing. I mean, there's so many benefits of going with a more efficient unit, and you're so lucky that you found somebody who was able to point you in that direction and help you take full advantage of all of the rebates and all of the offers to make it truly a great deal for you. And the best part is we're going to keep our heat on overnight. <laughs> we may lose hot water for a while, but uh, we will suffer through it, and I'm really looking forward to the improved efficiency. And I so appreciated being able to find uh, these pros on Home Advisor. It really made the job a really simple project tackle. Jody in Delaware, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? I actually have a problem with my foundation. It's an exposed foundation. About three feet high around the whole footprint of the house is exposed. It's a cement block foundation that had parging on it originally, and the parging was cracking, so it was recommended by a masonry contractor to put dry lock over it. So this is what I did. I put um, it's a it, they they add color to the dry lock. So I put it over the whole foundation, and it started to crack and peel and bubble. Yeah, you didn't adhere properly. First of all, isn't dry lock usually an interior uh, masonry paint, not an exterior masonry paint? Well, this particular masonry guy told me that he's actually used it on the bottom of swimming pools. So he thought that it would work, and when when he saw it later, he said, wow, I've never seen it do that. Yeah, how about that? Just experimenting <laughs> with your house. I did call the dry lock people, too, Yeah, and talk to them, and they, they told me to try to power wash it, try scraping it, but it's just become like a huge mess. You know, I mean, it peels in some places, some places it adhered. Yeah, the problem is that now that you've got that on there, you've got to get it off because you can't put any, you can't put new stuff over the bad old stuff. It just will continue to peel. Yeah, the the problem is, is that uh, we are on um, filled-in marshland. Is where the is where, the, and so we're on clay and clay and sand, and the cement block, you know, it sort of leaches up through there. So it's always sort of ha- sort of damp coming up from the ground anyway. Yeah, that's what I was gonna. That's what I was kind of thinking. I was thinking the block wall might have been wet when you applied it. It might have been visibly wet, but see, those block walls are hydroscopic. They absorb water really, really well. And so if you, if it's on a moist situation, that water is going to draw up, get behind that paint, and nothing causes paint to peel faster than, than water. So unfortunately, at this stage, you're going to have to strip that off. Oh, my gosh. And we're right on, we're right on the water. You know what I mean? We're on the bay. So I'm always worried about things that are not environmentally friendly. The other thing that I think you probably could do, and this is a, you know, this is a big job in and of itself, though, is you could have a mason attach um, a woven wire mesh to that foundation and restucco it. And in that case, it could go right on top of the old junky paint because you're not really sticking to the foundation, you're sticking to the mesh. So that's another possibility. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess in some places that was used before underneath the parging. Well, the parging the parging is simply a stucco coat that goes on top of the block wall, and it's typical for the parging to crack. And usually, it cracks along the lines of the of the of the masonry block. Yep, that's what it did. And that's not necessarily a defect. That's pretty much just the way it goes with that stuff, especially if they don't put it on thick enough. So I would consider, if you really want to have it to look like a traditional masonry foundation, I would consider having mesh put up there and then properly restuccoed. If not, you're just going to have to peel that paint off any way you can. You would, you, I would might take a look at some of the citrus-based uh, paint strippers if you have some that's really hard to get off. All right. 
Thank you so much. All right. Sorry about better news. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, wood floors are beautiful, but they're not always the best choice in damp locations like bathrooms and laundry rooms or basements, because if solid hardwood gets wet, it will swell and it will buckle. And once that happens, there is just no going back. Now, a better option in the waterproof flooring category that looks like real hardwood, but doesn't have any of those hassles associated with it, is engineered vinyl plank or EVP. And the nice thing about EVP, it is totally and completely 100% waterproof. It can stay wet for an extended period of time. There is nothing to decay, to warp, to twist. So wet mopping, bathroom splashes, pet accidents have absolutely no impact on it. And the stuff looks great. Yeah. And you shouldn't be confused by its name. When you hear the word vinyl, you start to think of like, oh God, this is going to be ugly. It's the old fashioned stuff. It doesn't work. It's really yucky. It is not. Today's EVP is quick. It's got the easy installation of a laminate and it comes in lots of high end styles that really capture the authentic grain, color, texture of actual real hardwood. I mean, they look amazingly like the hardwoods that inspire their design. So definitely check them out. So there's really no limit to where you can install EVP. It goes in very easily. It doesn't show ripples that are caused by imperfections in the subfloor, and it's super durable, and that's great for busy homes. It's not going to show dents from heavy furniture, you know, moving the refrigerator in and out if you have to hook up a water line or or kids dropping stuff. I'm really impressed with it. Used it uh, in two spaces, used it in my mom's kitchen and also uh, in my sister's laundry room, and it came out great both times. Well, if your home is heated by hot water, you know this is one of the most pleasant and efficient heating systems out there, especially because the heat is moist. Now, there are two problems that are common to hot water systems, and they can be pretty annoying. Fortunately, they are both very easy to fix. Yeah, and the first one is a cold radiator. If that happens to you, it probably is because air got stuck in the wrong place in the radiator and it needs to be bled. Now, if the problem happens repeatedly, you want to consider installing an expansion tank that's going to separate the water from the air or an air eliminator valve, which is called a Spiro vent. Plumbers know what that is. It's probably not a DIY project, frankly, but there is an easy solution. The second one is banging pipes. That is even more annoying, and it's very common with steam systems. The noise is actually little steam explosions, and it's happening because the radiator is not at the right level. If it's pitched so that the radiator is going to drain its moisture, its condensation back down to the line, that will solve it. Again, a fairly simple job. You could try re-leveling. Well, it's not actually supposed to be exactly level. Make sure you re-pitch that radiator so the water runs back down the pipe. Because with steam systems, remember, there's one pipe up and one pipe, same pipe, takes the water back down to be reheated. So you want to make sure that the radiator drains towards that spot. Uh, sometimes the floors, if they settle over the years, it'll, it'll shift. Uh, and you can move a radiator a little bit, but if you move it too much, then you may break that joint open. Then you're going to have a big problem. So if you're confident and you're feeling the love, you can go ahead and try to readjust it yourself. It will stop those pings. But if not, just call the plumber because if they break it, they kind of bought it and they'll be able to fix it. They'll have all the tools right there at the same time. Tim in Minnesota is on the line and has a question about LED lights. What can we do for you? I just replaced my LED lights in my, my basement, which I have uh, recessed cans. Okay. Uh, from time to time, I get, uh, not all the time, so that... Uh, yeah, either you dim them a little bit and they start fluctuating. They going up. Uh, right. Didn't change the dimmer if the dimmer was. I don't know if it was uh, equivalent for for LED lights, but uh, yeah, there is. 
Um, Lutron is the company that actually invented the dimmer way back in the 60s, and, and they have a product called the CL dimmer. It's designed specifically for dimmable LEDs and halogens and incandescent. And I've got these in my house, and I like them for this reason. They There's a range on these dimmers that you can set. So you can set like the minimum power and the maximum power, and that's important because what happens is if you go down too far, depending on the LED, it will flicker and sort of go out. So you can bring it down and like identify like the bottom in terms of the lowest setting, and then, of course, you can bring it up to the top, and you can set that range. So that you don't have to worry about that flickering happening once you, once you kind of set it, it's done. And you can also put, uh, put a mixed lighting load on it. So if you had a situation where you had some LEDs and also some incandescents and CFLs all on the same dimmer, you know, by having that ability to adjust the range, you can make sure that they all go down as low as they can, but they don't go down too far where they start to flicker. That said, the LED bulbs themselves have to be listed as dimmable. Some are and, and some are not. The ones that are dimmable actually obviously work a lot better. I know, I know those are dimmable because I knew, I knew to ask for that. So then you just need to have the right kind of dimmer. So you're looking for a Diva CL dimmer by Lutron. They, they, you can find them at the Home Depot. Uh, they're not very expensive, you know, 20, 25 bucks, something like that. So does anything with, with, I also have another issue with the same thing that I, I can go, go turn them on and off and I get shocked by the, the, the screw for the plate. That's a different issue. Yeah, that's a big issue. <laughs> that sounds to me like you, that you might have driven the screw somewhere um, and, and nicked the wire. I would have an electrician uh, fix that for you. That's definitely I a problem. I didn't have an issue when I had incandescence, though. Is, is it because of the nah, I don't think it has to do with the bulbs. It- nah, wouldn't believe it. I would get an electrician on that. That sounds dangerous. All right. Hey, listen, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money. Good luck with that project, and uh, don't do it yourself. Get a pro to help. Bye. Lori posted a question for us on MoneyPit.com, Leslie. She says, my kitchen isn't that big. My one window is the only source of natural light. Can you suggest any window coverings that will provide style but not block out the sunshine? I mean, you don't have to have a window treatment, Lori. You can keep the window naked. You don't have to be naked. The window should be (laughs) naked. But, I mean, that's definitely a big trend. As long as the window trim looks fantastic, put a fresh coat of paint on it, You can keep it wide open. Let that light in. You'll see the outdoors maybe for the first time. And it's really lovely. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Well, there's no doubt that houses can eat up more of our hard-earned cash than most of us wish, but one way to take the edge off all that spending is to choose home improvements that can recoup their costs when it comes time to sell. Leslie has some tips on which improvements do just that in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie? Yeah, you know, like the housing market itself, there are things that fluctuate from year to year when it comes to what projects you should be taking on at home. 
Now, right now, there are a number of exterior projects that are really delivering super great returns on your investment. That's referred to as an ROI. You've probably heard that before. So that's what they mean. You're spending money to do the project. How much are you going to get back at the time of sale? So the top five, number five is a deck addition. If you build it out of wood, you're going to see 72.1%. I mean, people really love to use outdoor spaces. And I think this past year has shown that you've got to have an outdoor space. So make that deck functional, make it look great, really give yourself sort of that outdoor escape because who knows how long we're going to need them for. Forever, practically. (laughs) Number four is window replacement. We're talking about vinyl windows. Those are going to give you 72.3% return on your investment. I mean, think about it. You're going to get better energy efficiency. They're going to function better if you've got a window that's just not quite working at home. You don't have to do the entire house. You can sort of start side by side, work on the problem areas first. And really, a new window looks fantastic, and a replacement window is not a huge project. Now, number three is siding replacement, and we're particularly talking about fiber cement. You're going to see 77.6% return. Now, the benefit here is, you know, rather than wood, the fiber cement's not going to expand, contract. They're painted in the factory, and they're painted on all sides, so it's really going to stick very, very well. I mean, for quite a long time, I've had my new siding now eight years. I think you've had yours 16. I mean, a long time. It looks just like new because it doesn't expand and contract, so it really sticks very, very well. It looks great. Yeah, and it's going to make your house look fantastic. Now, kitchen remodels are at number two with 77.6%. If you plan on moving, go neutral. Don't go too trendy. Don't pick anything that you think is super cool, like a black countertop. People like them, but not everybody does. So pick something smart. And number one is garage door replacement. Get this, with 94.5% return on investment. That's huge. Yeah, well, I mean, it has a big impact on curb appeal, right? It sure does. I mean, it really can make your house look fantastic and stand out. And there are so many different choices that are super durable. So you can find something that matches your architectural style of the home. And I think it's interesting because people usually think, oh, baths, bathrooms, number one, they got to be. But they're not. Bathrooms, their return on investment is in the 55 to 60% range. So it's decent, but definitely nowhere near that garage door. How about that? So it really pays to pay attention to the value of improvements you're putting in to your home. It definitely has an impact on what you sell it for when that time comes. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Coming up next time on the program, when it comes to the topic of home improvement, there's often more bad advice than sage wisdom, and that bad advice tends to spread like wildfire. So we're going to help you separate fact from home repair fiction on the very next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 